0: What's up, guys? I am back with another episode of Being Comfortable Being African. Today, I am doing something different. Now, um, I've also included video podcast, So, what I'll be doing is adding um, some videos, some video interviews that I'm doing with different women. Um, again, my mission now is to inspire young girls in the youth, um, and using, you know, just the journeys of, you know, adult women, men, and utilizing those things, um, or those life experiences to hopefully inspire them to, you know, stay focused and be on the right track, and if, of course, they run into situations situation where they get thrown off track, uh, they know that there is, um, a way out, because, of course, we've all made it through, um, so I'm going to be doing a series of video podcasts, and I am launching my first one today, And then you can check out the video if you go to Facebook. um, Just search for at WCASTE. Or you can go to my YouTube channel. um, My username is um, Missesha. M-S-E-E-S-H-A. So you can check it out there. But uh, I'm really excited. The first guest I have is Amanda Nelson. Um, she has a book called Patch Swains and her website is called Patch Swains. Um, And she's also on IG as Patch and that's And she has an amazing story. She basically battled a 17-year addiction that, you know, something that started when she was like 16 years old. So she talks about that journey, she talks about how it affected her and like, you know, leading up to it because she's been battling it for that long. You know, I had those questions because again, for talking, talking to the youth, I wanted to kind of like go back and say, okay, what do you think could have been differently or what kind of things could we look at from the youth perspective that could helpfully help parents or, you know, their guardians know that, okay, maybe look for these signs or do these things to hopefully help um, or prevent the you know things from happening, but she details that she's also a mom, so she talks about that aspect of it, and it was just a great, great, great interview. Um, and again, it's also great to have that perspective because I think we look at addiction as this like, oh my gosh, this is the worst of the worst. But one of the biggest things that I got from you know being introduced to her was the fact that like addiction comes in many forms. People are addicted to work. Some people are addicted to you know, sexual relations, some people are addicted to love, and some people are addicted to things where they'll also lie, cheat, and steal, you know, just to have it. People are so addicted to love or having someone that they will lie, they'll cheat, and they will steal for it. Like, real talk, you hear stories all the time of people, like, doing all these things because they were so in love with the guy or so in love with the girl. So, I mean, it—it it, addiction comes in various forms. I think we just look at it from the alcoholic or from the drug perspective. Um, So, you know, that was important to highlight as well. But I'm just really, really excited to, to, like, post it. So please, please check her out. Um, Again, she can be reached on Patchwings.com, at Patchwings on IG, and um, purchase her book called Patchwings. All right, so... I hope that you guys love it. And of course, give me some feedback if you want to, go on my IG, hit me up on salubia83, or you can email me at info at let so
1: hope you like it. Okay guys, so this is my first like video podcast. I'm really excited. Um, I have a special guest. I'm so thankful she's on here to like kick this off for me. Her name's Amanda Nelson. And I'm really excited because um, I'm a part of another community. So we, well, I initially saw you through Breathe University. I had seen her post and I'm like, man, she has an amazing story. Um, But I'm also a part of another uh, community um, that's led by Tanya Carter, it's called Reinvent You. And it was just amazing to hear um, her story um how she like came through addiction and um like it's just it was just like a story that really like resonated because i think a lot of people see addiction as okay if you're addicted to drugs or to alcohol like oh my goodness but addiction can play in so many ways with relationships people are addicted to social media to work things like that and your story was so powerful that i really really wanted to talk to you about it especially with me trying to target young girls and kind of pretty much like help them through those transitions You've been battling addiction for what, oh, 17 years?
2: Yeah, 17 years.
1: Right. So that means that, you know, this, something happened when you were a younger girl. And I really want to talk about that and go into a deep dive about that, as well as the fact that you're raising a daughter. So we can like really, you know, maybe there's something that we can, that can come out of this that can help a young girl. So yeah, please share your story. Like, let's just start off with before the addiction or before you even started, like, what was your family life like?
2: So I never really had anything super traumatic happen. My family, my dad and mom divorced whenever I was four. And that was pretty much normal. So every other weekend I would go to my dad's. I lived with my mom. So I would bounce back and forth. And holidays, that I felt like they were always fighting. Well, you had them, because I got a younger brother. And you had them last Christmas. Now it's my turn. It, it was just a lot of fighting. And I, I don't remember them ever co-parenting very well Mm -hmm. so it was um my mom I've I've since learned that it's sometimes hard to be nurturing while you're trying to survive in this world and my mom was a single mom and my dad was trying to pay the child support and though they did the best that they could I still was feeling unloved and like uh hello (laughs) I'm here we're here like is anybody going to hang out with us? Because mom was always she was working, going to school. My dad was working all the time, trying to pay all the bills. So it was just a lot going on.
1: So you felt like you know you didn't. They were more focused on what they had going on that you felt neglected through that.
2: Yeah, pretty. Yeah, and it wasn't like child neglect, like not to that level. It was yeah. just like I, I'm a super emotional person like I feel really hard I feel sad really hard I feel love really hard so I just felt alone really hard you know like okay where are y'all
1: mm. so well so how did you start handling it like for me when I was feeling that way because also both of my parents were there um, I felt alone like they worked all the time they were migrants they were just you know working real hard but I felt alone so like my way of fitting in was to be a follower and start following the bad play. so what was it for you what was like your first like okay well this is what this is who or what i'm going to gravitate to first
2: well i always felt like i didn't fit in and i and i wanted so badly to fit in but i just knew like something was different about me and and it seemed like everybody else was normal and i'm like i just don't feel like i fit in with this crowd or this crowd or this crowd i just kind of feel like an island. Um, And I just wanted to fit in. I just wanted to be loved so bad. And when I went to prom, I think it was my uh, sophomore year. That's when I first took my first sip of alcohol at prom because everybody else was doing it. I'm like, well, if they're gonna do it, so am I because they were all upperclassmen. I got asked to the prom by upperclassmen. And Nobody peer pressured me or anything, but it was just there. And I'm like, well, I mean, it must be cool. They're doing it. And I just want to fit in.
1: Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, I can understand that. You're like, I'm with the older brown. <laughs> so <laughs> yep. like, dude, what? so how, what evolved after that? So it, but you had the alcohol. So what happened after that, that led to, okay, now it turned into like an addictive behavior.
2: I, I should have noticed the red flag from the jump. But I didn't know because as soon as it was Jack and Coke, I, I hated the taste. It was like disgusting, almost hurled everywhere. But the feeling it gave me, it was like, I love you. Like, I'm so in love with you. It was kind of like, I I often refer it to dating somebody because mm-hmm. I was like, dude where have you been all my life you know I just felt I felt hard in love with it and I just couldn't get enough and I eventually turned to one of those I was a straight A student and you can look at my transcripts and see exactly where I fell off because it was just like wait wait what happened what happened um but I just felt, I fell in love and I could never get enough. And I just wanted more and more and more and more. And I was always the girl, like their, their, the parents were like, uh, uh, you don't want to hang out with that girl. She is bad news. Mm. I turned into that girl.
1: (laughs) Oh, I was there too. Like my, even my, um, my cousins, like their parents were like, you don't want to hang out with her. So I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we were, so like, did your parents start noticing a different or were they still like so honed into to work and paying bills that they didn't notice?
2: The first time I remember <laughs> I got arrested my senior year that I think that, I was pretty sneaky. Now in my mind, I was hiding it from my parents. I don't know that they knew anything. They never said anything up until my senior year and I got arrested for having a party at my house while my parent when my dad and stepmom went out of town I was like bye Felicia everybody (laughs) come over to my house we about to throw down and we did and the cops got called and uh yeah my dad was so mad they were in Tennessee and he was like I'm about to drive down to Mississippi and whoop your butt I'm gonna kill you Amanda (laughs) um that's the first instance I remember them ever saying anything to me. And then from there, I just got in so much trouble. Like it just, my parents threatened to throw me in rehab because I was losing a lot of weight. I had started just dabbling in all kinds of stuff and I was losing weight and just sneaking out. And my dad's like, if you don't straighten up, you're going to rehab. I was like, peace out. I'm moving. I ain't going to rehab. So I moved to Florida right after high school.
1: So you moved out on your own?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, okay. So what happened That is that when things kind of got really crazy or?
2: No, I, I kind of managed it for a long time. Mm-hmm. I was always the one, if anybody was going to get sick and have to have somebody thrown over their shoulder, that was me. So it, eventually it came to the point where nobody wanted to go out with me because I was always the sloppy one. Mm. Uh, but there for a while I was the fun one and I would do anything like it it didn't matter you dared me to do something I was the life of the party for a long long time but Mm. then there was one year in 2010 where it just went downhill and that was when I first was like all right maybe maybe I might have a problem Mm. just maybe I'm not quite sure about it Maybe.
1: (laughs) Question. So at any point, did you ever go to rehab or did you just navigate it? However, you know.
2: Yeah, I went to rehab. My parents threw me and it was such a traumatic experience. I was trying to move to Florida again. This is the third time that I've tried to live in Florida. Um,
1: And what was calling you to Florida? What was about it? Like, what was attractive about it?
2: Girl, I don't know. I think it's just the ocean. I I love nature. I, the water is just it's my I don't know. It just soothes my soul. So it's just called me and and every time I I come back here before I left because I'm like I can't do this by myself. Um <laughs> uh, but here I I'm here to stay now. I am not going back.
1: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So you were saying so tell, so you were talking about your rehab story. So you're so I guess you were kind of back and forth. So your parents finally threw you in rehab and what was traumatic about it?
2: Cause I was trying to move my stuff down to Florida and the cops met me at my parents' house. I mean, at my house, my mom showed up and then the cops came, they put me in cuffs and they wouldn't let me make any phone calls that it was just the weirdest thing. Nobody would tell me what was going on. Um, they threw me in this cell in this like it was like a little mini jail so i was locked up for 30 days in the cell by myself with with the i mean straight jail so with the the stainless steel toilet the mirror you could barely see in it was just traumatic and then i figured out after i went to court that they were sending me to rehab i was like wow we could have we really could have talked about this another way so i was super mad
1: wow is that how they normally do? I mean I guess maybe when I think you know people have what's that show called intervention yeah I thought like when you went to rehab it was like you went straight to the rehab like why why jail for 30 days first
2: because all the beds were full at the rehab they were trying to send me to and they they said that I was a threat to myself and to people around me
1: Wow. Okay. Man, that's crazy. Oof. So, at what point did, so, you know, you have a daughter. How old is she now?
2: She's 16, almost 17.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> so, like, but when, at what point, Um, like, when did you have her? Was it before you got to that point, after?
2: No, she, she pretty much, from day one, saw my addiction. I had her when I was 20. So, I started drinking and drugging when I was 16. So, I had already been for four years in this lifestyle Mm. Uh, I didn't drink and drug or smoke cigarettes while I was pregnant and so that's what nine months now why I went back to it I don't I can't tell you I just I wasn't happy yet I hadn't found the confidence to to let the inner Amanda come out you know Mm. but yeah she uh, she was pretty much born into it oh wow
1: So how was it initially managing that? Like, okay, so you have this brand new baby and then, you know, she, you know, she's, she's there. Like, how was it initially when you were a mom?
2: It was stressful. I will say that I was one of those women that I never really wanted to have kids. It was not a lifelong dream of mine. So When I had her, the first thing I did, I was like, "Uh, what do I do with this thing? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know. But So I ended up raising her by myself since she was six months old. Her dad was uh, mentally abusive, and I just left him. He was super controlling, and when I left him, that was his punishment to me, because you left, I'm not gonna be a part of your child. I was like, okay, so it was a battle for a lot of years. Um, A lot of depression, I would drink and drug to try to make myself feel better in this situation, but I stepped up to the plate, you know, I did what I had to do. It wasn't the most glorious thing. We lived in section eight, like we were on food stamps. I mean, the whole nine, so it survival mode for a long time. Mm-hmm. A long so did time. you get to the
1: point where you were like, okay, I need to send you to my parents or send you elsewhere while I figure things out. Like, did you have one of those periods?
2: We had a period, but it wasn't my idea. It was her idea. Oh wow. Um,
1: okay. What age was that?
2: She was about eleven or twelve. Mm.
1: Yeah, take us into that conversation. What was that conversation like? Did she just walk up like, mommy, so?
2: Uh, well, we, that's the point where I had just caught a felony charge. I would, I, all the way up to that point, I felt like I had managed my life pretty well, but then I got, um the worst drug for me, and I stayed away from it for a long time. I, I tried it in high school, but then I, I, like my inner self knew, my intuition was like, uh-uh, don't mess with that because it's going to destroy you. And for a lot a lot of years, I stayed away from meth, but then I just got to the point where meth was the, the next thing because it's just like anything else. Your body gets immune to the drugs, the alcohol to the certain level, and then you just got to keep increasing it. You got to keep increasing the strength you got to in- keep increasing the dose so it's just like a never ending thing you just got to get more and more of something more potent and meth was the next thing for me and once i got to that point she was like i'm going to live with my papa for a couple weeks because we were not getting along we we're not seeing eye to eye and a couple weeks turned into a whole year um mm-hmm. So it wasn't like we sat down and planned it out. She just was like, I'm done with you.
1: Mm. So so you said you had mentioned at one point, before, you know, the father had disconnected. So how did she, like, how did they reconnect for her to decide, okay, I'm gonna go there? Was there a part of, um, they just reconnected at some point, he decided to show up at some point?
2: Oh, no, no, she went to my dad's. No, oh, he's. Dad. Oh, papa, yep. okay. <laughs> no, he's still not in the picture to this day, actually. Yeah, yep.
1: yeah, I, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. So, wow, wow. So you got the felony charge. So mm-hmm. what happens after that? You got the felony, and what was your course of action following that?
2: My life went <laughs> super downhill. I, in a matter of such a short period of time, I totaled my car. I got evicted from my house. My dog died on top of my child not wanting to live with me. Um, I'm talking about the other things happened in a matter of a couple weeks. And so it, it was just like, wow, that I just ran my life into the ground, seriously, wow. just ran it into the ground so fast. And, I uh, I couldn't even hold a job at a gas station, like trying to make biscuits at a gas station. <laughs> And I used to be a branch manager of a mortgage company. Like I, I had some pretty amazing jobs, and here I am. I can't even hold a job at a gas station serving biscuits. Like that's pathetic, Amanda. <laughs> like, oh, wow, that's so <laughs> pathetic. And I just, um, there were several days that I wanted to eat a bullet. Mm. Several days. Yeah. I had twin cousins that committed suicide and, wow. and seeing my family go through the pain. That's one of the reasons that kept me from doing it. And then also my daughter, cause I didn't want her to have no parents. Cause I turned into that person. I never wanted to be mm-hmm. the mom that let my parents raise the kid that I had. I never wanted to be her, but I was her.
1: Wow. Wow. So what was the moment? So was that the moment where you're like, okay, I need to get it together? What was the moment where you're like, listen, I'm going to change my life? Because that part of the story was like, wow, I loved it. You just, it's like you went cold turkey.
2: Yeah, I did. On Mother's Day, whenever I was staying at one of my friends' house, my daughter came to visit and I had been up for days from meth and just blaming all my problems on the world. And she was like, you're pathetic and just went off on me and slammed the door and something when she slammed the door that little spark inside me ignited enough to where I was like I'm going back to Florida I've got to um I had it was either come down here or I was about to face prison charges like go to prison that was the next step for me Because every time I got in trouble with the law, the felony wasn't the first time. That was the fourth time. And every time I got in trouble, it was a little bit worse and a little bit worse, a little bit worse. So the next time the feds were in town, like it was just a matter of time because they were busting people left and right. And it was just a matter of time where I would have been locked up for a long time.
1: Wow. Wow. So what was that process like building that relationship back with her? What was that, you know? Um, because she was still living with your father at what point did you said okay i'm going to just step it up uh and like let's let's bring you back and let's really really try this
2: whenever i i came down to florida i i just decided like she's coming with me i was down here for a couple months before she actually moved down and i'm like we're not going to have this family life anymore we're gonna change it and I don't know if you've heard um, Glennon Dole Melton. She uh-huh. is an amazing author and woman, but she has this phrase. It's She says, life is brutal. Brutal and beautiful at the same time. And those first, that first year was brutal. <laughs> uh-huh. <'Cause laughs> it was yeah. so hard. Mm. so hard like probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life
1: but you got through it
2: uh, yes we did
1: <laughs> awesome man that's so good so now like where are you guys now so I mean you have evolved like I say you talk about your stories and now you're like you're so close of paying off the whole felony because that that amount that she posted on social media with it which was like 10k y'all she is so close from paying it off you just won some like six hundred dollars the other day like it's like girl whenever you, whenever you post them trust me i'm watching i'm just like look at god like it's so dope just to see the evolution so you know where where are you and your daughter at now like um like i've seen you post online and, and just just so you guys know she's on ig at patched Wangs, not wings <laughs> wings w-a-n-g-s um it just you can just see like how you guys have connected so like where you guys are at now, tell them about the book, tell them like what made you decide to take this journey because now you're part of the boss program. You're working on becoming a speaker. Like you're, you're doing some amazing things. So when did it get to that point where, okay, now that you have rebuilt you got with breathe university. Now you're like just doing some amazing things. Like talk about that, that uh, transition.
2: So the book came about because I, I didn't go to treatment center this last time that i got sober because number 1 the experience was so traumatic and number 2 i didn't have the money to go if i wanted to so i had to figure it out on my own and the book came from the method that i got sober and i'm like you know what there's other people out there that feel the same way about treatment centers that i did there's so many ways to the end result and perhaps my connect method can help Another single mom becomes sober where maybe you don't have the money to go to a treatment center. That was the inspiration for the book.
1: And, and, and talk about it. And, and drop maybe like a couple of key principles that you share in your book. Because I'm interested in knowing that too.
2: <laughs> yeah. So the Connect Method is an acronym. And um, each letter stands for something. A couple of my favorite ones are the O. Only you need to believe. Um, mm-hmm. I I didn't... <laughs> Nobody believed in me whenever I came to to Florida. I promise you nobody was like, go Amanda, go. You can do it. Yes, yes, yes. Nobody. Like, I don't even think my dad believed in me. So it was up to me to look at myself in the mirror and be like, okay, it's me and you, girl. It is me and you. And we're going to do this. And I started learning how to talk to myself. Mm. Get, get myself pep talks in the mirror. Like, you can do this, girl. Let's do it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then that's important
1: too for like you know young girls like one of the things I'm talking about is like sometimes you're not going to have the cheerleaders and you have to really work on like you're saying like talking to yourself and just kind of boosting being your own cheerleader because sometimes unfortunately there there are moments where people um they don't like they just don't support you or you don't have that so i love that i'm sorry you were about to say what's the
2: other one oh no that's okay a, a positive affirmation is like that that goes in that O too like i'm a firm believer in i am amazing i am powerful i am strong like you got to say those things to yourself when you look yourself in the mirror because if you don't believe it about yourself then nobody else is going to believe it either yes And then another, another one is one of the ends, uh, new clan time. So for me, I had to completely let go of every single person that I was hanging around with. Like everybody, Mm. except my parents, of course, you know, my immediate family, everybody. I had to go change my phone number. I had to change everything. And that, that is so hard to do. It's hard and it's scary whenever you have to change your circle and you have to change the people that you've been hanging around for years like mm-hmm. i i still love those people yeah. some of them but there's no way that i could allow them in my space now because they're not ready to change and i had to leave them behind mm-hmm. and it hurts
1: yeah 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 that was another thing that i highlighted too it's like you have to change your environment like when I attempted suicide at 14. One of the big things like my parents did at that moment is like they changed my environment and I had to learn to disconnect from those friends because like um, this guy, Charlamagne, the guy he posted recently, like you can't expect to be healed if you keep going to the same place that got you sick. So you mm-hmm. have to like make a change. And it's hard because those were friends I knew from like middle school. These are people that I was connected with. Like I've done so much with and you still care for them, but you know that you will still remain in that sickness unless you like change that environment so i think that's such an amazing a great great point that you made so like when did you start reconnecting with like more like-minded people like when did you start doing that or did they just pretty much god decided to drop them on your lap like how did you how did you start doing that
2: well i started listening to eric thomas on youtube and personal development and i really Whenever I got into Breathe University, I took a huge leap of faith because I'd never been a part of anything like that in my life. I was scared. I'm like, I don't know what this is about. But I kept hearing God say, Join. I didn't have the money to join. You know, I had to make some huge sacrifices. But let me tell you, whenever you place yourself and you sacrifice to be around the people that they have what you're trying to obtain joy, peace, success, like success looks different for everybody, but you can see it in all these people. I'm like, man, there was some days I didn't know how I was going to eat, but I paid that Breathe University membership monthly because I could see my growth already. And yeah.
1: I love that. And that's a great thing about social media. Like and so you guys know, like Breathe University, Eric Thomas is like the number one well to us, the number one motivational speaker yeah. in the world. And he has a um a community. It's called is through they called each other call them Breathe University. Um, and it's this like a platform. It's like a you know we have a social media group, we have calls, and it's basically people from all over the U.S., even overseas, and we pretty much like it's all about personal development, growth, love, just like pushing you to the next level and sometimes it's like sacrificing for building you up because just think about it through the addiction you were sacrificing you were still sacrificing things it was just family and things that you know you 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 didn't really want to disconnect from so sacrificing in a way to pour into you it's just like it's it's awesome because now you're doing it to help develop you and i love i love that um so before we close like what would you say like um like if you were to talk to a young girl because basically were you saying like the drug use or the alcohol piece like you were kind of using that was like a, a coping mechanism for you to like deal with what was it the confidence what else was it
2: I didn't feel loved
1: mm-hmm. so it was um, kind of like an escape for that
2: yep okay. I, I, it was like I always kind of refer to like you have this space in you like it's like a like a not a hole, but it's just a space where you're missing something, or maybe something's happened in your life to where it's just carved out this space in your, in your inner being. And you got to fill that with something. It can either be positive stuff or bad stuff. And I chose the bad stuff because I I wasn't around an environment that told me you could fill it with good stuff. Like, I didn't know. Um, so what I would say to, did you finish your question? I'm like, did she finish your question?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm going to end it with three questions. So let's, let's start with the first one. Like, so what would you, let's start off with parents. What would you say that, um, like if you were to say, talk to like parents, if they're in that situation where they're, you know, they have a daughter, a young girl, like, what would you, what advice would you give them to make sure that they you know, maybe to watch the signs or they're more present so they can kind of help fill that love tank or, you know, just give you some type of tools to kind of help you through that process where you feel empty.
2: I would say something that's helped me and my daughter, we took the five love language tests and you can take that free online. Um, I can't tell you what that website is at the moment. I think it's just lovelanguage.com. I, mean, I think it's
1: like forlovelanguages.com or something like that. But yeah, you can definitely yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: google it google it can be your best friend yes. um i would really say that because you can learn a lot about what is needed with your child because they got one for teens and they got one for adults and y'all can take it together and y'all can be like mine is uh words of affirmation and my daughter's is acts of service so we try to do our best to fill each other's love tanks with and then like just pump your child up like you can be anything you want to be just speak life into them have open conversations my parents were where i'm from it's not just my parents but the community that i grew up in it's like no because i said so and i'm a why kind of girl like but why because Mm -hmm. i said so that's good no but but why because I said so, man, and that's all you need to know. Now get on out of here, you know? Yeah. Have, have um, warm conversations to where your kids feel like they can come talk to you about stuff. That's something that me and my kid are still working on because she's, she's not super comfortable because I find myself parenting how my parents did. Mm. and I'll try to break it and it's so hard because that's what you're used to and I and I catch myself I'm like shoot I just want to do better I'm trying to do better but I would have loved to have a mom where I could have been like mom that dude was so cute (laughs) you know what I mean just or say whatever to my mama
1: love it yeah the love languages I think is extremely important because you can you'll know how to communicate love to each person so i love that aspect of it and that communication piece is important like i've been doing research talking to teenagers and that's one of their biggest things they don't feel like they can talk to their parents because and then if I, i've talked to the parents too that says like I, I don't feel comfortable talking about these things because of this and that but the world around these teenagers these young girls is still happening they're still being introduced to sex they're being introduced to you know they're going through anxiety stress feeling like they're not loved so Being able to at least at home have those conversations because you don't know what people on the outside are telling them. so. So, what would be your advice to a young girl? Like, what would you say, like, if they're in a space where they're feeling like they're not, you know, good enough or less than, what would you say to them if they're dealing with that right now?
2: I would say this you are loved and you are valued so much in this world. Like, you just don't even know God has a big purpose for your life. And sometimes whenever he has such a big purpose for your life, it's going to feel like you don't fit in. And you know what? That's okay. Mm -hmm. Embrace that weirdness, embrace that difference and just be yourself. Love yourself. Give yourself hugs. Like I just like bear hug myself. Like I'm so proud of you. Tell yourself you're proud of yourself. You know, just talk to yourself in the mirror. Like I said, because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will.
1: Yeah, awesome. And one more thing, like you know, and this this is just feedback from you. Like, what would you say, like, from talking to your daughter, like, what kind of stuff would you say, like, her her age group, like, what kind of stuff that she is she dealing with that you have to like maybe talk to her about more often and kind of like help her navigate through that.
2: Well, we we are reading the purity code. Okay. Uh, and that's a book about the sexual principles of the Bible, teaching them that sex is not a bad thing if it's in a marriage, but if you do it outside of marriage, then it's a bad, like, I feel like that that's all the young kids are doing now, mm. you know, and um, it hurt, like, I, of course, I did it too. You know, but now I see on the other side of it, and I've been drink-free, drug-free, smoke-free, and sex-free in my, in my um, sober life for over three years now. And I just try to teach her that, yes, it's okay, but right now it's not okay.
1: Yeah. And I think that's important, too, because, again, I, I've, I've talked to parents who are fine with talking to kids, their kids about it. But I've also talked to ones that's like, I don't feel comfortable. But again, it's happening around them. I was talking to um, one of the teenagers recently and they're saying, like, they're having gender reveals at, at lunch and she's only 16. And I'm like, what the gender reveal at lunchtime? Wow. Yeah, yeah. And, they, you know, one talked about like, OK, one's dating an older boy and their parents don't really seem to care and you know the boy seems to be abusive so there's so many things going on that yeah you might not have a conversation but it's still happening so I really love the fact that you're trying to have that open dialogue especially about sex Uh, because you know it might still happen but when you do see it from the other side of it like what happens when you have a child and the father's not there and how all these layers happen after it you come from it from a different perspective but you know if it happens I guess you address it at that point but that's like the biggest conversation to have, I think with girls and interacting with boys. Like that's been the biggest thing I've heard from all the teenagers, boys, this boys that I don't, I can't talk to my parents about boys. I don't know what to say about boys. Um, and cause it's happening, it's happening. So I it's love-
2: super, super uncomfortable. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure my face was like bright red the first time because my parents didn't, we didn't have that conversation either. It was just don't have sex.
1: Yeah, and that's all it is. It's like nothing else. And you're like, okay. But like literally, one of the teenagers I talked to, half of the conversation was about boys. Boys this, well, how do you know if a boy? And I'm like, you know, and I'm like, you talking to me about it. And he was like, man, I really wish they could have that conversation with their parent. And although it's uncomfortable, it's happening in the world around them. So I love, yeah. love, love, love that you guys are doing that. I love what you're doing. I thank you for getting on here. And I wrote down, make sure you check out Amanda Nelson on pat oh i'm sorry on ig at patch Wangs and that's p-a-t-c-h-e-b Wangs w-a-n-g-s on instagram your website is also yes girl i did my research <laughs> <laughs> um, you also have a website patch which tells your story you have clips in there like i love it like um so check that out and then your book is out as well where can they get your book at they can get it through your site right
2: yeah it's right there on my website yeah
1: awesome um, and yeah, there has, there has I, I believe when I went, there's like a little blurb that says my book. So click that, get the book, Patch Wings. And again, this is a 17 year battle of addiction that you've been able to conquer. And I just respect you and honor and thank you for, for like your fight. Because again, when I see women like get through some tough times, especially with this starting with you at so young, like I salute you for doing that. I have so much respect for you. You know, although there are certain things and that- <laughs> you have that like like that thing like that thorn on your side it might be you paying off the felony charges it's like just seeing the growth and seeing what you're doing and also your speaker like tell them about you being selected as a speaker
2: girl yeah that just gave me goosebumps thank you for all those kind words that's so amazing i just love you girl (laughs) um yeah i I literally went from the world voted me most likely to go to the state pen to being a student leader at Penn State and then I auditioned, yeah, take that enemy. Uh I auditioned for um they had this conference and it's all about bringing change to the university and they recently had a a hazing death as well as a drug overdose on campus and so I'm I'm, the title of my speech is called speak life like let's get back down to the foundation of it like just like I'm telling y'all to speak life into yourself do that to other people so I auditioned and they're like, we want you, girl. So I'm going to speak on stage at Penn State. Love so, it. And make
1: sure yeah. you're going to, you got somebody that's going recorded and all that, right?
2: Oh, yeah. They got yeah, production. You're
1: going to the boss program with Kendall. <laughs> and he's like, get your audio, get your video. Make sure you get that because once you get that, please, I would love to see it. And like I like I said, guys, please check, check this wonderful woman out, um, patchwings.com. Email her if you have any questions, info at patchwangs.com. Yes, I told you I looked you up. Girl,
2: (laughs) I love it.
1: (laughs) But again, I really, really, really appreciate you for hopping on here. I think that um, stories like ours are ones that we can remind young girls. Like if you do find yourself in a moment of sadness or you do fall into addiction in any capacity, you can get through it. There are ways to get through it and navigate through it. And I, I'm always like, use us as the example of what not to like. Let us tell you the blueprint. We've been through it. Now just do these certain steps, and hopefully that would impact one girl at a time. So again, thank you so much for taking your time. Please guys, check her out. I appreciate you, and I'm just looking forward to seeing all the stuff. You. So as we enter the new year,
0: one of the that my University, shout out to that family East Coast Accountability Squad. Um, but I told you guys that I've been, um, I did the 100 day challenge with Eric Thomas, and one of the things we do is an accountability call every morning, 10 a.m., Monday through Friday. And what they have in store right now is choosing a word that kind of like sums up your 2018, and then choosing a word for 2019, whatever. I want you guys to think about that. What was your 2018 like? For me, my 2018 was purpose. I felt like this was the time where God really, like, um, put me in place of my purpose. And there was so, there was so much growth and maturity that happened anyway um, that needed to happen for me to get there. And, of course, sometimes you don't see things until you reach that, per- that purpose or that goal. But, you know, that's why I wrap it up as that because I really believe that I found what my purpose is. I'm excited about it. And I'm walking it. And in 2019, my word for that year is trust. Trusting the process. Trusting, you know, just everything. Trusting myself. Because I'm one of those people, I'm very analytical. Um Breed University. Um, and they have like something called animal assessment. It really says it's just kind of like social personality type, but it really like goes into detail of how you go about doing things, and I'm a high turtle. And turtles are, I'd say, a type of like before we move on things before we do anything we're just looking at how much risk is it if it, if it feels like it's something that's uncomfortable you're not sure about we're more likely to be like no we're not going to do it so people who are risk takers that's not them um but the thing about this animal assessment it talks about how many like you have so many different like superpowers powers that you know sometimes you do have to make those decisions where you're just like okay i'm gonna do it or you're just gonna have to jump out there and face um, so this, 2019 is really about trusting that process not getting so hung up in you know doing a ton of research and like just trusting that i've made the right decision i've gotten around the right quality people the right coaches that are going to guide me the right way they've made it they're successful so trust that if they give you like okay well you need to do this and this implement it and do it so that is my 2019 is going to be a year of trust after you, what is that gonna be for so you? What does your twenty eighteen look like and what in twenty nineteen can you do to fight that? So if I like saying something about, you know, you might have had fear in twenty eighteen and maybe it's about conquer, you can call it conquer, conquering that fear. Um, again the goal is always to try to get used to being We've we've all grown and matured when we're going to when we're going through the uncomfortable times. So, again, what words can wrap up your 2018? What words sums up uh, or what do you see when you look at your 2019? And, you know, send me a message. Let me know if it's something that you want to share it. Uh, we can hold each other accountable throughout the year. Again, email me at info at org, And I just would love to love to hear you guys feedback. that. So think about that and have a happy new year. And I'll be back. You know, in 2019 or the next week, with just some more awesome content, some more things that I'm doing. So check me out again. YouTube username is the Miss Isha T H E M S E E S H A, or you can go on Facebook. and see a lot of these video podcasts and a lot of stuff I've been dropping on um, Facebook at We Speak They Speak, and of course I'm on IG at Salon Gal S A L O N E G Y A L eighty
1: three. Blessings, happy new year!